0: Welcome to another episode of the Old Soul Movie Podcast, a show that features backgrounds, reviews, and reflections of some of the most influential movies ever made. And now your hosts, Emma and Jack. Hello and happy holidays, Old Soul Movie Podcast. Today, we are joined by Ben and Morgan, two of our favorites. A lot of Aquarius energy going on in this podcast today. So, I hope everyone's ready. And before we get too far into the episode, I did want to let everyone know that on Instagram, we are actually holding a fundraiser for One Tree Planted. And One Tree Planted pledges to plant one tree for every dollar that's donated. Trees are incredible, they help clean our atmosphere. They help filter our water. They help give homes to all the biodiversity around us in the world. So what better way to celebrate the holidays than giving a gift of a home to a little woodland animal or clean water to a fish or clean air to someone in need. So please feel free to check out our fundraiser on Old Soul Movie Podcast on Instagram. And we would love to see some support and we will send you a little thank you message your way. Now, on to our regular scheduled programming here. We are covering a holiday Christmas classic, Christmas in Connecticut from 1945. Ben and Morgan, I know you guys are Christmas movie fans, holiday movie fans. Do you have a favorite Christmas movie? My favorite movie is Elf. It's a holiday tradition that me, my sister, and my mom watch Elf every year on Christmas Eve, so I have to say that would be my favorite. I love that one, too. I actually just watched that the other night. So I'm a big fan of Buddy the Elf myself. That one's so funny. It might be my favorite Will Ferrell movie ever. Ben, what's your favorite Christmas movie?
1: I'm to take a risky stance, guys. Elf is, you know, it's a brave pick for a favorite Christmas movie. <laughs> no response, Morgan?
0: Let's hear your suggestion.
1: I guess my favorite Christmas movie is Scrooge with Bill Murray.
0: a very classic modern classic retelling of a christmas carol
1: it is fantastic
0: yeah it's hard to pick a favorite but this is one that i actually watched for the first time i think last year or two years ago i can't remember and i just thought christmas in connecticut was so much fun i feel like it has hallmark christmas movie vibes it's kind of a kooky screwball comedy plot and I just thought it'd be so fun to introduce it to you two because I'm guessing this was the first time either of you watched it yeah
1: that is correct never heard of it
0: ah well I cannot wait to hear your thoughts on this one so a couple stats on the movie some information it was directed by Peter Godfrey the screenplay was by Lionel Hauser and Adele Comandini The story is by Aileen Hamilton. It was produced by William Jacobs. It's a black and white film and it was produced by Warner Brothers. It came out technically uh, July 27th, 1945, August 11th, 1945. So actually not around December, which is really interesting. Its runtime is about 102 to 104 minutes, depending on what version you watch. And it has an all-star cast. We have the legendary Barbara Stanwyck as Elizabeth. She deserves a whole spotlight episode, but some quick, quick information about her. She had a really tough childhood. Her mother died in her, uh, in a actually, a, I think a trolley accident or some vehicle accident where she was pushed off while pregnant. And then her dad uh, actually went missing while helping build the Panama Canal. So after that, she lived with some relatives. She entered the foster care system. And ultimately entered show business and became a huge star. And she was nominated for Best Actress with the Academy Awards four times. So she's a very big deal. We have Dennis Morgan as Jefferson Jones. He is mostly known for appearing in a lot of Warner Brother musicals. This is, of course, a Warner Brother film, so it makes sense. We have Sydney Greenstreet as Alexander Yardley. And he's best known for appearing in The Maltese Falcon and Casablanca with Humphrey Bogart and Peter Lorre. He is mostly known for playing the bad guy in films. And what's kind of fun is he's actually really good friends with the director of this film. They used to work together back in the day in London. So it was kind of fun that they had a reunion while making this one. We have Reginald Gardner as John Sloan, and ironically enough, in real life, his parents did want him to become an architect, much like the John Sloan character. However, Reginald Gardner wanted to become an actor, and he's performed on both the stage and in films, and we have S.C. Zakal as Felix Basnik. Uncle Felix, great actor, originally from Hungary, adds such a fun flavor to this movie, and yes, that is kind of our lineup here. Did you guys have a favorite character? I know Ben did. Ben loved like, Felix. Did you like Uncle Felix, Ben?
1: I did. He was cute. He
0: was probably my so favorite. Did some levity. Everything he would say, Lovable Ben guy. would giggle at. <laughs> I, I love Uncle Felix, too. He would be quite the uncle to have in your corner. That girl could do no wrong in Uncle Felix's eyes, which I love. Um, What was the sailor's name again? Mm. Jefferson (laughs) Jones. Yeah, my favorite was definitely Jefferson Jones. What a charmer. (laughs) (laughs) Surprise, surprise. Good old American war hero. We love to see it. Uh, Actually, we have another name on this list that I even forgot to mention that is so worth mentioning. The costume designer Edith Head. Are either of you familiar with Edith Head? I am not. I am not. Well, she is an absolute legend amongst legends when it comes to the costume department. She's known for dressing a lot of old Hollywood's leading ladies, and she worked with your favorite Ben, Sir Alfred Hitchcock, quite a bit. Oh, really? Oh, really? Oh, really, really? Yes. They had a very good working relationship, and actually... Edith Head got the job after working with Barbara Stanwyck on another production, Double Indemnity, which came out, I think, right before this one, actually. Double Indemnity is one of the most famous film noirs of all time. Barbara Stanwyck stars in it. She's the femme fatale. And Barbara Stanwyck was so impressed with Edith Head's work on her outfits in that movie and how hot they made her look that she insisted. She said that Warner Brothers must hire her for this film and dress her as well. And I have to say, I think it turned out pretty well. I think those were some pretty good costumes. I concur. She is the best. Uh, Betty Davis actually was originally supposed to play Elizabeth in 1944. I think things kind of got switched around. And then Barbara Stanwyck replaced her in April. And the character of Elizabeth Lane was actually loosely based off of this columnist named Gladys Tabor. Who lived on a farm in Connecticut, and she wrote for the magazine Family Circle Magazine. And so it's kind of a homage to that sort of homemaker, cozy home in the countryside craze that <laughs> that article stirred up. And actually, the farm that this movie takes place on the house. That John Sloan has, it's actually the same set that's used in Bringing a Baby from 1938, which is another very well-known film. And there's actually some other recycling bits like that mink coat was used in another movie, I think with Joan Crawford. Uh, But that would make sense because World War II is going on right now. And I think you definitely have to be smart with your money and budget and where you're dispersing your props and your sets and whatnot. So it's kind of fun when you get to see the same location used for two different movies. That is neat. I'll have to watch the first, the one that you were talking about before this. yeah, Bringing a baby we will definitely have a movie night and watch (laughs) that for sure. So this movie is odd. To me, in the sense of, I feel like some people criticize it as it's really pushing this women back into the kitchen modality. This men are coming home from war, World War II is over, the heroes are back, women have to go, you know, back into the homes. But I actually I do see kind of a pushback against that while watching the film. I think that you have the women factory workers who leave their babies at the house. And Mm. I feel like we have Elizabeth Lane, who's actually really not that homemaker in Connecticut. You know, she's really a woman of the city. And so I, I see that critique, but I also think that it shows that you can still be a strong, awesome woman and not subscribe to that lifestyle. Yeah, I agree. I will say one thing that bothered me about Elizabeth Lane was Ooh. that she would never, <laughs> she would always let, I think it was Hartley, how do you say his name? Uh, Yardley? Yeah. Her boss? Or yeah, was it- she, she would always like Yardley, just interrupt her and she would never follow through with her thoughts. Mm. And it kind of just felt like I was like, come on, just, just get your point out, like say something. Totally. I think we actually see a character arc of that during the movie, and there's a little bit of a change in the end during that. So she does come a little bit of a ways, but I have to agree. I think that's very frustrating.
1: I thought the movie was pretty progressive for for the time, showing a working woman who wants to keep working.
0: I think so. It's it's a much different.
1: Scared of losing her job
0: agenda. Yeah, I, I have to agree. But it, yeah, and we'll talk about it as we get into the rewatch. But I think there are some really unique post-war things that you can look at historically. Like you see this kind of migration into the suburbs that happened after World War II. And you see that in later films. But this, I feel like you get the first kind of inklings of an emphasis being placed on the home, both with john sloan's architecture plan and with um you know elizabeth lane and the boss's fixation on making sure she's a real woman of the farm kitchen life so before we get into this movie any any kind of initial thoughts did you think anything going into it i have to say i'm not the biggest rom-com fan However, I will say at Christmas time, that's, that's when I like them. That's when I can stand a nice romance, is when it's holiday themed or Christmas themed. So I think that that's why I like this one. I would say that I didn't expect myself to like it as much as I did. Oh. I caught myself not wanting it to end, oh. and it made me feel very cozy.
1: Very fun. Um, I liked it. I, in general, like rom coms. This wasn't my. My favorite one. I thought it was maybe a touch on the boring end, but it was good.
0: Very interesting. I can't wait to hear more and more of your thoughts as we get further into it. But here we go. Christmas in Connecticut, a classic old Hollywood Christmas film. All right, as always, we will be referring back to the Wikipedia article on this movie to give people kind of a guideline for the plot that happens and our comments. So we begin. Elizabeth Lane, played by Barbara Stanwyck, is a single New Yorker employed as a food writer. Her articles about fictitious Connecticut farm husband and baby are admired by housewives across the country. Her publisher, Alexander Yardley, played by Sidney Greenstreet, is unaware of the charade and insists that Elizabeth host a Christmas dinner for returning war hero Jefferson Jones, played by Dennis Morgan, who read all of her recipes while in the hospital and is so fond of her that his nurse, Mary Lee, played by Joyce Compton, wrote a letter to the publisher. Facing a career-ending scandal, not only for herself, but for her editor, Dudley Beecham, played by Robert Shane. Lane is forced to comply. In desperation, Elizabeth agrees to marry her friend, John Sloan, played by Reginald Gardner, who has a farm in Connecticut. She also enlists the help of her uncle, Chef Felix Basinek, played by S.C. Zakal, who has been providing her with the recipes for all of her articles. Okay, so let's look at this little introduction here. We get introduced to Jefferson Jones, a war hero. What a man on that life raft, 14 days at sea without any food. What are your guys' first impressions of him?
1: Morgan liked them a lot.
0: Well, not at that scene. I was very confused where this movie was headed because I didn't read any of the summaries or anything. And I was like, oh, they're on a raft. It's not Connecticut. <laughs> yeah. And then weren't they eating like a Thanksgiving meal on the raft? He was picturing that or something. I'm pretty sure. Yes. I think he was hallucinating. I think yeah. he was just without food so long that it's all I could think of. So I was more just confused. What was, what was up at first? Uh, what's funny is that um oh my gosh, what was going to say i there's a very heavy fixation on the value of food in this movie, and uh, I think that's repeated over and over throughout it seems to be the way to everyone's hearts and minds. I have to say we're you know we meet Jefferson he's food obsessed he's with his nurse and I think it's very important to note that in the article, she says she has an eight-month-old son. So I think if you're an Elizabeth Lane super fan, I feel like you would remember that she has a baby boy. But here's the thing. I think if there was a gender confusion, wouldn't you be like, what? I thought that this was a boy. Anyway, more on that later. But I think it's worth noting that it's clearly stated there. Also, what do we think of the concept of the Magoo? Oh, yes. His lifeboat partner is all like, you got to butter up your nurse, pull the old Magoo on her. What do we think of that concept? And how would you describe it, Benjamin?
1: Well, I was trying to remember what the word was. I couldn't (laughs) remember it. That's such a dumb word for it. I guess it's pretending. In their case, it's literally pretending like you're going to marry them that's what the, what they're after. They all want to marry all those nurses seem to want to marry a, a war hero and get the government pension, get a house on the, I don't, I don't remember the GI bill. That's what it's called. Um, so yeah, I guess that's some goo is just leaving a woman on who you're not actually interested in.
0: Yeah. I, and in this case, I guess it's in exchange for food. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, I think that's pretty lame. What do you think of the old Magoo, Morgan? I think Morgan, the Magoo... Have you ever tricked anyone? It's morally wrong, the Magoo. <laughs> I, I have to agree. I think that um, these sailors are a little bit of tricksters. And it's just weird kind of the... Double standard type thing, I think you see in old movies, and well, yes and no, because I I've mentioned this to Ben last week um, or two weeks ago, whatever it is now, Morgan, and I'm not sure if I mentioned it to you before in previous conversations, but there's this thing guiding movies at the time called the Production Code Administration, and it's these guidelines where basically they can't do anything overtly violent, no drugs no sex, um, nothing that explicitly refers to these things. So filmmakers had to get very creative and work around it. Infidelity and, you know, murder and all of that is kind of interwoven with those guidelines. Um, So I think it's kind of weird because and you know what's weird? And this is just like a commentary on Hallmark movies. I really feel like Hallmark movies kind of promote cheating. I feel like a lot of the ones i watch, there is some sort of uh, love triangle thing going on. And I see that similar vibe in this movie. Now, hey, yeah, I guess it's a love triangle where she has to marry the one guy and then she's got this other guy. And then this uh, Jefferson Jones pulls the old Magoo on his nurse and he's committed to her now. So, I think that that is a funny pattern I noticed with Christmas movies. And it's very interesting to see it in terms of production code and whatnot. Uh, also, that was probably a very rough game of tic tac toe that he was playing with
1: his nurse. Yeah, he was really bad at tic tac toe. You should basically never lose at that game, it's super easy. You should, no one should ever win at tic tac toe. One time, <laughs> me and Isabella played tic tac toe for the better part of 20 minutes. And I think Isabella finally had to throw up for someone to win. It's literally impossible to win. It, game.
0: it is. It's uh. don't they say that in the movie war games, Ben, I feel like you would like war games. You, you I'm might sorry. like it too, Morgan, but I think, um, it's like Matthew Broderick and they accidentally dis disarm or not disarm, but they accidentally like launch a nuclear missile and they have to stop it. It's like during the cold war. Oh,
1: when did this movie come out?
0: The 80s? Oh, never heard and of it. I think they have a con. I think it's in that movie where they talk about tic tac toe and you can never win. Wait, that- what did you
1: call it again? Uh, War
0: Games? Oh, okay. I thought you said War Dogs, and I was like, they must have remade that. Oh.
1: <laughs> War Dogs is the My- Miles Teller movie, right?
0: Oh, I thought it was the guy from. Um... Oh, yeah, with Jonah Hill? Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, it's both of them. Miles Teller is the other guy in the movie. Oh. I thought that was your guy, Morgan. I thought you loved Miles Teller.
0: That is my dude. <laughs> Did you watch um, I Bet You Think About Me? I don't think I have. Is Miles Teller in that? Yes, it's uh, Taylor Swift's music video. You should watch it if you like Miles Teller. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on it. I put it in my notes. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, yeah. I think it's in that movie that they mentioned that tic-tac-toe is impossible to basically win, but I think he's just pulling the old magoo on her. And I love how absurd the solutions are in old Christmas movies, like in White Christmas when... Have have either of you seen White Christmas? No. (gasps) Oh, I don't think so. Oh, Morgan, you for sure would like it if you like holiday movies. Like in uh, White Christmas, when they get <laughs> Bob and Betty together, they come up with the scheme of like, OK, well, now we have to pretend that Judy's engaged so that the older sister feels like she doesn't have to be single anymore. And it's just it's just stupid stuff like that. And this is kind of the same thing. It's like, oh, you know, it'll get him to marry you. Uh, get him a very homey Christmas so that he can see the benefit of a home, and then he'll want to marry you. It's it's very funny how that sort of plaque device works back in the day. And we get introduced to Mr. Yardley, who says the quote, uh, print the truth and obey my orders. And yikes, <laughs> they've just been breaking that up the wazoo. He's
1: a lot. You feel bad for him, though. So you feel bad for Mister Yardley? I do. I mean, he is definitely a douchebag and pretty annoying. <laughs> but I mean, you kind of feel for him. He's not the worst. He's not the worst character in the movie.
0: He wants a Christmas in Connecticut too, you know? Yeah. So
1: when she when they run into each other in the one scene, does she uh, is she going to tell him the truth and then he just invites himself to Christmas, or is she is she going to stand up for herself? What is her plan there? You know, I, I must admit that part.
0: I think it's hard to read, but I think that she is on the verge of telling the truth and just saying, no, mm-hmm. you can't come. Or 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 not even telling the truth, but just furthering the why and being like, look, my baby's sick. I don't want to host strangers for Christmas, you know? Yeah, I, I thought that. that's what she was trying to say. That the whooping cough. She just wanted to be like, I we don't want guests. Poor Elizabeth, just a Catastrophe, as Uncle Felix would say. Catastrophe. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, she's really wedged in a corner here. She could make this work, but she has to marry this guy, John Sloan. What do we think of John Sloan? No, Creepy. Time,
1: yeah, Creepy. he's pretty terrible. A lot of times in rom coms, you kind of feel bad for like the, uh, like the lesser guy, the guy that the girl doesn't want, but like quote unquote should be with. Mm. this guy was terrible i mean he had no good redeeming qualities about him whatsoever he was really annoying and that mustache was unacceptable
0: <laughs> an unacceptable mustache he yeah. didn't annoy me so much i thought he was quirky he's not you know a guy i might want to hang out with but I uh, well it, it does feel a bit like extortion yeah it Who's absolutely does I feel like he's kind of extorting her you know she's marry in a vulnerable me. spot about to lose her job and he's like oh now you have to marry me because mm-hmm. I can fix it and he's so creepy like she told him so many times I don't like you and he's like oh well you should still marry me like I don't know and then he just kept forcing it and with the judge coming 12,000 different times <laughs> like give it a rest Okay, if you're Elizabeth Lane in this situation, you're at the restaurant, Uncle Felix's restaurant, you either have to lose your job or marry this guy who you're not interested in at all and keep your job. What are you picking? Just like right off the bat. I'm losing my job because it's a job (laughs) that's based on a lie. and the alternative is keeping a job that you're lying about for the rest of your life and marrying someone that you do not like or you get a new job it might not be pay as well but you're not in an unhappy marriage that's true i guess if you are the most popular article of this magazine you've really got all the cards so i feel like you could be up front right away and just lay the truth out there and then say that you'll go to another magazine with that persona uh you know i don't know what's funny is nowadays you could probably if this was happening in real life you could just go on airbnb and find the farmiest looking Mm. place in connecticut and just (laughs) pretend you're a little hard away or you could just say no (laughs) you could simply just say no and you're right you're so right morgan so right but moving on, shall we head on over to Connecticut? We shall. Here we go. At Sloan's Farm. Oh, by the way, everyone, she said yes. She agreed to marry John. At Sloan's Farm on Christmas Eve, Elizabeth meets Nora, played by Uno O'Connor, the housekeeper, as well as a neighbor's baby, whom they pretend is their baby. Elizabeth and John plan to be married immediately by Judge Crothers, played by Dick Elliott but the ceremony is interrupted when Jefferson arrives early. Elizabeth is smitten and it is love at first sight. The judge returns on Christmas morning, but the ceremony is postponed when a different neighbor's baby is presented instead of the one from the day before. The household is alarmed when Felix claims the baby has swallowed his watch. After the judge leaves, Uncle Felix admits to Elizabeth that he lied about the watch to stop the wedding. While the household attends a local dance, the baby's real mother arrives to pick up her baby. Alexander witnesses her leaving with the child and assumes someone is kidnapping the baby. Elizabeth and Jefferson spend the night in jail, mistakenly charged after stealing a neighbor's horse and sleigh, and return to the farm early the next morning. Alexander chastises Elizabeth for being out all night and accuses her of neglecting her child. Elizabeth finally confesses all furious alexander fires her oh okay what a christmas this is
1: that was a lightning fast summary (laughs) <laughs> Got right to the meat and potatoes <laughs>
0: it really does <laughs> it covers it all i just think that the setting is so darn magical that connecticut farm who would not want to be around all of that snow horses everywhere cows just brilliant and there's a baby in everything brilliant thinking on i will say what i like about john is he's a planner he plans ahead he planned for the baby. I don't know how Elizabeth could have forgotten that. Do you think he did? Or do you think Nora was just watching the baby by coincidence? Okay, I I think it might have been a joint effort. I think Nora, yes, always watches the baby and all that. And then it, I think, you know what? Maybe you're right. Maybe John shows up and goes, oh, baby, that's right. We needed to pretend there was a baby. <laughs> I think John is just taking credit for like everything and acting like he pulled it all together. But in reality, it just kind of happened you know you might be right on that one i like well i i I feel like if i'm in elizabeth's shoes i'm finding some baby i don't know where where do you guys think you would look for a baby to rent out even i think i would have said that the baby (laughs) the baby was at its aunt's oh because of the whooping cough on christmas yeah the baby has whooping cough and it needs to be taken care of by a doctor
1: Um, okay it's not. That's not terrible. That's a good suggestion.
0: I mean, she didn't Morgan's know how, how to change. She, <laughs> she didn't know says. how to change a diaper. So I mean,
1: that was she pretty, shouldn't. Pretty dead.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that actually was quite a disaster. I have to say, uh, it's it really all kind of starts when um, what's in the called Jefferson Jefferson Jones shows up, and OMG. They're in love. I have never seen Love at First Sight like that. How romantic. Just looking into each other's eyes. They're in love. I mean, when he got on that piano, it was Love at First Sight here, too. <laughs> and he started yeah. singing. Game over. Was that,
1: was that actor a heartthrob? Uh,
0: um, he wasn't like a huge, huge name, but he was known for his sort of... Uh, antithesis of like the hard manly man. He's kind of like you know the good spirited guy oh, next door, soft guy? musical, handsome, like not ugly. You know, like a like was a very good looking, like a handsome, good looking every man that's not that intimidating. You know,
1: sure, sure. That
0: that's that's more him. So they're in love, and this guy is apparently a baby whisperer, and he just can't get enough of this baby. I love how he's like, oh, it's time for the baby's bath. (laughs) This girl, (laughs) what a disaster. She's so clueless. It's the biggest cringe watching her even attempt to take care of this baby. It might be probably my favorite scene, though. I love cringeworthy situations and the Robert and Roberta mix up. I love it. Did you guys watch um, the Curb Your Enthusiasm episode with the cow that was on recently?
1: I did not.
0: Okay. It kind of reminds me of a scene in that And for anyone that's seen that episode of the newest season of curb. All I have to say is they're a very progressive farm around there in Connecticut. So Roberta is actually a girl and not Robert. And this is what I was referring to (laughs) earlier. I feel like if you're a super fan of this Elizabeth Lane, then you would know she has a baby boy. And don't you think you'd call her out on that, or do you think you're just so smitten that you'll let anything fly?
1: You know, a good excuse would have been if she said, because she, they made up the last name thing, and she said that was her pin name. Right. She could say she said it. She changed the gender to separate herself from the character because she tries to stays tries to stay anonymous for the baby's safety.
0: That's exactly yeah. what I was thinking. That's that would what have been a, a pretty said. good lie. That would have been a good lie. Just say, you know, protecting the baby's identity.
1: Unfortunately.
0: <laughs> I'm sad that they didn't either. Oh, man. And then you have some old school cloth diapering, which no one knows how to do, except apparently Jefferson Jones, just <laughs> un- uncle of the year, testing out the water. Oh, my gosh. So she's just getting baby fever, I feel like, from this guy, knowing that he can take care of her chillins
1: the way he tested the water was also so funny he rolled up his sleeve so he could <laughs> put his elbow in i don't understand why the elbow is important
0: okay I why c-
1: does your finger not work
0: i think your elbow is probably sensitive to temperature more than your finger this is i would what- think
1: the opposite
0: okay because i'm i'm a little confused on that myself so when you're you know feeding a baby and you're testing the um you know milk temperature you should pour a little bit on your wrist because that's where it's the most temperature sensitive oh i learned that you put the bottle in between um oh do like you like the opposite of your elbow like what is that oh like the like the inner um like uh, you yeah, know you know i you know, don't the know how to describe opposite that opposite side of your elbow where it bends i learned that you like put the bottle in there and you kind of like s- close your arm oh, a that's little a smart idea too uh but either either way you know the soft side the light side of your you know skin that's not as tough so your elbow, I feel like, would not be as sensitive, but your elbow might be more sanitary because it's not really touching anything.
1: Oh, I don't know that if they knew about germs back then. Germ oh, I think they knew about near. germs.
0: They knew about germs.
1: <laughs> Germ theory was. I, you're, right, you're right. You're right.
0: Whooping cough and chicken pox, and they had a pandemic before us.
1: That's true. Was it whooping cough?
0: No, the Spanish flu, Ben. You know this. Know. Come on, Ben. Come on, Ben. Wait,
1: do we still have the whooping cough?
0: I think whooping cough does still exist. We do still have the Black Plague.
1: But how about the whooping cough?
0: I think I've what do heard we call of the... it
1: now. I've never heard anyone say the whooping cough.
0: I think it's still called whooping cough. I think really? it's babies get it, though. So maybe that's why we don't know about it. Anyway, yes, they knew about germs. They had germ theory back then. And as you guys mentioned earlier, this wedding, this wedding, they're trying to get, well, John Sloan is just trying to get his booty married, but Uncle Felix is like, "Uh uh-uh. And I like how much effort he continues to play in trying to stop the wedding And like you said, Morgan, uh, Jefferson Jones can really do it all. Play with babies. He's good at the piano. That's kind of a magical scene, Christmas Eve, trimming the tree, lighting up the the hearth. (laughs) Super magical. Sneaking into the kitchen after hours to eat. Oh, haven't we all, haven't we all snuck in for a little midnight snack? And I feel like we're starting to get the first glimpse that he is into her a little bit. Cause doesn't he ask, is she happy with her husband? Or do you think she's happy with her husband? That's pretty bold.
1: It is pretty bold. That's, uh, that's outright flirting for sure.
0: There is a lot of flirtation that goes on. And I think, do you think he's trying to justify it? Well, I want to know because he said that Felix had told him something like, had told him about everything that was going on with Elizabeth. Oh. So, so I'm he- wondering when Felix must have done that cuz if he did that pretty on then I think that that is why he was able to kind of be so open. That is a very good point. I'm wondering if it did happen way earlier than we were expecting. I guess I assumed it kind of happened at the end. But wouldn't that be kind of a fun way of looking at it too that he knew this whole time? I thought that that was I that's what I took away from it but maybe I maybe it's I was hard wrong. to tell it's hard to tell I feel like it all happens very rapid fire quickly there at the end yeah okay but I've got I've, I've got to call this movie out on something so Yardley is like okay, our, our, you know, it sells better than one baby, two babies. And our competitor is going to have her baby in September. First of all, how would he know that she would have had just gotten pregnant like two weeks ago. And then mm-hmm. apparently I don't know what the culture was around telling people about your pregnancy back then, but then she told everybody and it just made its way throughout the publishing industry. I, you know, cause like if you're having is a, a pretty
1: big plot hole.
0: Yeah, I would think so. Baby in September, she would have just gotten pregnant. Like that. December. There's no way she would have even known two weeks into it. Right. She might not even know. So how, how does she take the test? like right away, just go to this doctor and then like tell the world.
1: I guess she could have published it because if you're that kind of writer, you probably, once you're ready to tell people, you probably put it in your little column.
0: Like right after you conceive the baby? Like a day no, after? I agree.
1: Probably not. Probably not then. That's that's pretty crazy. I wonder if people told faster back then.
0: I think that there is some mistaken math that went on here. And I just thought it was worth calling out the writers on. <laughs> We've got oh, we found
1: two plot holes. Good job, huh?
0: A <laughs> plot hole. What was the other plot hole? Yeah, what was the other one?
1: The thing about the boy and... How they did address the fact that it was a girl, even though they read her call. Oh
0: yeah, 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 yeah. Two plot holes. Not great, not great. Um, But I'm also very unimpressed with Yardley treating his employee like a human breeding machine, and I hate it. I hate it. Ben, you're chuckling over there.
1: I don't blame. I. I. He just made a suggestion. Most, most people have more than one kid. I think it'd be natural to suggest to them that they could have another child in this time frame. You think it's
0: your boss's discretion? Yeah, you think it's appropriate for a boss to tell his female employee we need to pump out another baby for sales?
1: I don't it's, think it's bad to make a suggestion.
0: It definitely is inappropriate to tell anyone they need to have babies because you don't know if they're trying or not and there's problems like with on that side. It's just inappropriate. I can't tell if you're just Rupert Cadelling us right now, Ben, or if no, you really I think really, that.
1: I think it's good for people's brands sometimes to have kids. I don't think it's a bad idea to make the suggestion. So
0: you think she's an OG mom influencer who needs yeah, to improve really her is, branding?
1: Actually. That's a that's a great way to look at it. Yeah. So she never make- be
0: ben- one of Ben's employees is what I'm taking away from this. I think it's a...
1: I think it's a fair ask. I don't think it's that. What? <laughs> I, don't I don't think you should demand that they do it.
0: A fair it's, ask. He, he is demanding she do it. Are you it's paying merely, for the
1: baby? It's merely a suggestion. I mean, technically, yes, I do pay your salary. So, yeah, sort of, yes. My
0: salary, but Listen, not the baby's
1: you'll, life. You but the But the salary pays for the baby's life.
0: Do you know how much else goes into the baby's life, though, besides just the salary, the the attention, the mental energy from the parents? I
1: I agree. I don't think it's fair to make it. I don't think it's fair to make it a requirement, but I don't think it's the worst suggestion in the world.
0: Wowzers. All right. (laughs) So, uh John Sloan is very into this suggestion. I guess he'd be on your side with this one. And, you know, there's something going to be in there for him and all of this. Um. Oh, what was it? Oh, when when um the housekeeper, Nora, uh, she's like saying goodnight to, you know, John and Elizabeth, but they hadn't gotten married yet. It kind of looked like they were going to spend the night together. And then she's all like, she doesn't blame Mr. Slow because it's the woman that leads the man astray. What kind of sexist farm is this? Yeah, nor is
1: that. a traditional woman.
0: She in order to have woman. to sneak out in the middle of the night because she thinks they're sleeping together. She could have been. She literally had all her bags packed and was like sneaking out. Where was she going in the middle of the night in a snow, in a snowstorm? She was so disgusted.
1: And I think she lives there. I'm pretty sure she's the live-in maid. So. Yeah.
0: I think so too. I guess she had
1: other residents set up. It's good for her.
0: <laughs> Just, I think it's really funny. The hidden agenda behind the guidelines at the time of this keeping the purity going on in couples and the no premarital sex and how that this was like kind of an outright line scene against that in favor of production code values and the Catholic Legion of decency and all of that, that were really uh, kind of promote or infiltrating the film writing at that time. (sighs) Okay. So Moving on, Christmas Eve continues with some more romantic misadventures, and we meet Makushla the cow. How much do we love Makushla? I wanted to pet her so badly. She is precious. Just to have a cow just go through your window like that, what a dream come true. Oh, and also, Makushla is such a unique name, right? I had to look it up. And I did read that Makushla is an Irish term for darling. I've also heard it might be kind of Gaelic for my pulse or my sweetheart or something like that. But ultimately, it has that sentiment of my darling. So I think that's a very cute cow name. (laughs) Could you imagine being a super fan of someone and getting to meet them and they are just fawning over you? It would make me kind of uncomfortable if someone I didn't know knew every detail about my life. That's how I would feel, too. I was just thinking that.
1: But luckily for her, it's an entirely fake life. so That
0: she didn't even know.
1: Yeah. So it makes it easier, for sure.
0: It is a persona. It is a persona. But Elizabeth is catching feels. And I think that John starts to realize that Elizabeth is not quite all in with this whole wedding thing to him. So then it turns into Christmas morning and things take a turn for the kooky. Elizabeth has to display her cooking skills. Okay. I actually, I forget this. Are either of you um, big chefs?
1: I am not. I'm a little chef
0: over here. Yeah, I, I found Morgan cooks. <laughs> um, okay, Ben. So let's say you have this whole fake persona and you have to cook breakfast for Gordon Ramsay or something. I don't know. Or just some food person what would would you do do? pretty bad well what would you do though?
1: well if i had to cook something or can i create some sort of scheme
0: well they're they're like yardly they're like i want to watch you cook my meal
1: (laughs) yeah i don't know what i would cook for breakfast i'm pretty bad i couldn't flip a pancake like that i've tried it pretty hard to get it to actually go up in the air i'm not very good at cooking eggs Maybe I'd hard boil an egg. I, I How really about don't cereal? Know. Yeah. You could do cereal, Ben.
0: Oatmeal. Yeah, really you could cooking. do steel cut oats. That's actually, yeah, anyone can make oatmeal.
1: Yeah. That is true. And I guess it's healthy, so you could get away with that. You could be like, oh, I just have healthy breakfast. You could put
0: <laughs> some fruit in there.
1: Yeah, I'm trying. Or I could make him a hard boiled egg and put a lot of hot sauce on it so it distracts from the egg paste, which is what I do for breakfast.
0: So so you would rather sacrifice your reputation as a cook and serve
1: <laughs> yeah, something. Yeah, there's lit- <laughs> I, I mean there's literally nothing I there's nothing I could possibly cook to cover up my my inadequacies. Maybe maybe if it wasn't breakfast, maybe I would have like a hello fresh laying around. And, uh, in
0: 1945.
1: <laughs> well, you said Gordon Ramsay, so obviously I guess we're you're, right, about- you're right. You're
0: right. Yeah. You're right. I did not specify the time. Okay, so you call Hello Fresh
1: up. Yeah, maybe I could like sneakily look at the recipe on my phone.
0: And, oh, um, he won't maybe, even but, touch the oh, protein. Yeah. So that's not gonna I can't work. Touch
1: the meat. I would have to be a vegetarian <sighs> one.
0: What? You could massage <laughs> you know, the kale salad. You were good at that. I could
1: do that. Emma, you didn't know that about me, that I don't touch raw meat?
0: No, I didn't know that you... Well, I know that you wouldn't kill a chicken if it actually came down to that. We learned that on the Rope podcast.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm not going to kill a chicken. That's pretty cringe.
0: So you'd go with, like, a nice portobello mushroom situation.
1: Yeah, I'd have to get a vegetarian meal. Um, And, you know, hopefully I have one on hand so I can get away. And even then, it won't be very good, so... (laughs) I I think I could maybe cover it up if it wasn't for breakfast. But for breakfast, there's literally nothing I could It would be all over. Uh, A little old me.
0: Perhaps you could gaslight them into thinking it was great.
1: It was good. Just like (laughs) a really spell.
0: You just have poor taste. I'm sorry that your tastes (laughs) are refined enough to like my my style Uh, of cooking.
1: It's actually a pretty good idea, Morgan.
0: A little elevated. Thank you. That is gonna see. I feel like I'm in the camp of I would just pretend I got injured. I feel like if you're watching shots, they get cut all the time. Just say you got your finger. Ooh, that's a good
1: move, actually.
0: Yeah, feel it, Have you take over? For all we know, the sailor would try and stitch you up right there. Oh my gosh, what a dream! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, either way, she's uh, kind of trapped in a corner here. And I also feel like Uncle Felix did her a little dirty because you absolutely do not have to flip a pancake in that way. <laughs> you can certainly scoop it up with your big giant spatula and it'll come out just just as well, I promise. No, but Uncle Felix prayed and was so proud of her. So it was a, it was a good moment. You're right. You know, I, he's just so good that he can't do anything but extra, yeah. you know?
1: I wonder what kind of food they serve at Un- Uncle Felix's restaurant because you see a little bit of it and it's a weird selection of food.
0: Yeah, it was like it's sauerkraut, like bologna, and
1: gravy. Yeah, there was bologna.
0: Anyways, Ben, the whole movie was rooting for Nora and Felix. He said that they had more chemistry
1: than the chemistry. They were cutie patooties. Then the
0: protagonists. Mm hmm oh i kind of like that that's cute a little irish girl and a hungarian man just finding love
1: yeah and they're both old traditional she could stop working for that she could stop working for that super annoying guy who everyone hates
0: i think everyone needs an uncle felix yeah, Uncle wouldn't that have actually been a cute little romantic subplot, Uncle Felix? Because I, it kind of looked like they hated each other in the beginning, but then if they developed a fondness for each other in the end, that would have been cute. I thought that was them kind of flirting. I really I did don't... think that they'd end up together. Like I did too. A kiss or something. Hmm, for all we know, maybe they do.
1: We always think of rom coms as having like A and B couples. So I thought they were going to be like our B couple.
0: True, oh, you're right. A and B couple. That's that's a very good point. Uh, but back to your earlier comment, I believe that was Hungarian food, and the actor that plays Uncle Felix Essi Zakal, he actually, true to life, would prefer eating Hungarian food on set, and would have, I think, his wife bring some or whatever. Wasn't too that's fond adorable. of the American food. So adorable. So adorable. But we have a really big issue here because we have a different baby being dropped off at the house today. Were you guys just like, oh, no, she's screwed. This is going to be the lie that catches her when you saw that baby. I was like, keep the baby in the room and say it's sick with whooping cough and (laughs) needs to rest.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I also felt like they could have just kept the baby away and they would have been okay. But what Uh, do I know?
0: Well, but here's the issue. Jefferson Jones loves that baby. He's going to want to yeah. see it. He's going to be like, oh, I'll be fine. I, I, you know, I was on a raft for 14 days. I can I can handle a little whooping cough. Yeah, but she should have been like, well, I don't want my baby to get this worse. Is, right? This is
1: before people were all uppity about their kids and would be like, oh, no. I What I say goes, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> That's before people invented that. That's before people invented the term. What's the thing you always say, Emma? Comfort level. Yes. Comfort. This was pre-comfort levels. Oh, my God. I,
0: I may, maybe so. But I will say no one's really acknowledging poor Elizabeth's comfort level here. They are not. Do we think that the watch idea was a good idea to stop the wedding on Christmas? Yeah, that was absolutely clever. ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> All the more power to Felix because it worked, but another plot kind of issue. How would that baby swallow that huge watch and then him Felix get the watch back with no help and no one questioned it?
1: They should have he should have said he swallowed something else besides the watch. The watch was not a good idea. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense.
0: I did think that the line was pretty funny about this baby's blonde and has teeth. It's like, <laughs> well, yeah, oh, when you look different, <laughs> you
1: saw yeah, it that. Yeah, that was watch? really funny.
0: Wait, and then it talked in like the weirdest voice oh, ever, the like worst the voiceover. It. it was like, mama. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was the most ridiculous voiceover ever. You know, if I was editing that film, I might go, you know what? I don't know if we need it. We don't need it. We don't need it. I didn't. Well, I don't. I have no idea how old that baby was, but either way, there's no way that baby said "mama." I was highly unimpressed with that <gasps> dubbing job. But John is over this, and he wants to let the cat out of the bag. Or what was it, Felix? That said, when the bag lets out the cat. Either way, I thought it was cute, whatever the reverse line was. And... John stops because he gets an offer for the architecture section of the magazine. Which again, I think is a really interesting commentary on the whole like build your own home post World War II and this migration into the suburbs like I said. So you see the inklings of that beginning, the little the little premonition of this whole value of building your own home out in the great wide open instead of the city starting to pop up in these right after World War II films. Something that bothered me about that was that, he, once again, he was extorting Elizabeth because now that she wasn't going to get married, he was just going to go out her to everyone. Right. Right. So that was another thing that kind of bothered me. You're absolutely right. I didn't even think about that. The whole... con, Like, he he was ready to give her up as soon as he wasn't getting what he wanted. So he's a little sneaky snake. He is very conniving that john sloan
1: i mean i do hate him but i will say she used his house you know i i think it's i think it's fair you don't get just to use someone's house and then get whatever you want from them
0: well it just seemed like he was like just i don't know it just gives me the wrong impression of that man just because something didn't go his way that he's ready to just ruin and destroy her life Yeah, if he really loved her, I don't know if he would have done that. But, you know, and I will say, Ben, I'm going to I'm going to try seeing the devil's advocate that you see so often in life. And I will say he probably should have gotten his end of the bargain first before the use of his house. I
1: mean, I will say, though, getting someone to marry you like that is not an ideal situation.
0: Well, of course not. No, 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 no. Um,
1: I mean, it, they're clearly not going to like you. You can't trick somebody into liking you. It just really doesn't work that way.
0: Yeah. I I, I think, you know, if I'm putting myself in the character motivation of John Sloan, I think I, I would also be ticked off about me being used on Christmas for you knew what he was getting himself into. He's just a resentful man that <laughs> didn't get their way and wants to act like a child. I see that too. I, I feel like if he had pure intentions, then he wouldn't be so well, manipulative here.
1: Clearly, you don't, you don't try to trick someone into getting married if you have pure intentions. Those two things don't really go together. I
0: don't think he, he was trying to trick her. I think it was a business contract.
1: I mean, it's kind of a, uh, I guess it's not a trick. It's just a bad way to get someone to marry you. It's not going to work out.
0: No, it's, it's not. Even,
1: it's even worse than someone marrying you for your money. At least the money will stay. Once she doesn't need the house anymore, what do you guys have? Oh my God. You just gave her the ability to make her own money. If you're trying to be a manipulative guy, you really messed up. Cause you just gave her access to money. That's not yours. Not very smart. <laughs>
0: God, I will say that I feel like it. It it just seems like it'd be a better deal for him to just keep the lie going and pretend like they're married, and pretend to this guy. And then, you know, is he ever going to make his way up to Connecticut ever again? No, but you know, I don't know if he does. He has a
1: good son. He might want to come back next Christmas.
0: Maybe clearly has
1: no one else.
0: His daughter, maybe. Anyway.
1: His daughter did not like him.
0: I, that is a little bit tricky. So I don't know. I think I would just want to go in on the lie and, and pretend to be married and have this guy never find out. But it, here's where the real issue lies is that Jefferson Jones and Elizabeth Lane are falling in love. And how could a married woman like this, America's, Picture of a mom wife, you know, how could she be with Jefferson Jones?
1: Oh, that classic thing, a mom wife. Yeah. Great point, Emma. <laughs> oh my
0: God. I couldn't think of like a right term because <laughs> nothing comes out, nothing is coming out like normal to me. But um they decide, not decide, they can't help but catch more feels at that Christmas dance that night. What do we think of the war hero Christmas dance scene? I mean, how would her husband, if they were married, how would her husband be okay with her? Just, what is that kind of dance called? I don't know what that specific one was called, but I feel like it's, you know, line dancing, partner dancing uh, of some some family of the partner dancing. Yeah, it was very intimate. And so I think he should have been like, hey, this is weird. Or someone should have been like, isn't she married? Yeah.
1: (laughs) I guess most people at the party didn't know her. It was just our our core cast of characters. Yeah, but her
0: (laughs) whole entourage should have been like, huh.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The whole entourage. Did Felix go to the party?
0: You know, I don't remember. I don't think he was there. No, because he He was was at home asleep, right? He was at home with Nora. Yeah. Because the baby. The baby. So Uncle Felix was not there. Yeah. So I guess the rest of them didn't owe that much loyalty to her. So, but yeah, I could tell that Yardley could tell something was amiss at that time. Yeah, he
1: started to catch on at that point.
0: Very tricky this one, but I feel like. She could have, she could have played it a little bit more under wraps in the public for her, for for her, for her own professional agenda. More power to her though. For, for dancing out in the open like that. I, I think if I'm putting on an act, it just depends on what your, you know, what your end game is in this. And she's really torn between two things. It's like her job or her love. And I think that that is why this movie is progressive because it's kind of showing some conflicts there between this woman's professional life and her, her want for a romantic connection.
1: It's like sex in the city.
0: (laughs) It really is. And just like that, we're moving on. So the baby goes missing. Well, not really goes missing. The mom takes it home and Yardley figures, sees this, thinks it's the kidnapping and all that. I will say, I think that his cover about, oh, the mom was out looking, or Elizabeth's out looking all night was a really great cover the next morning. But what she was really doing was going on a handsome sleigh ride with her Jefferson Jones man. That was actually a pretty romantic scene.
1: It was quite romantic.
0: So magical, but it doesn't end out so well for them because they get arrested for stealing a horse and carriage. They get home eventually. Yardley calls her out on all this. And the truth comes out. What did you guys think of the moment of truth scene? The whole yarn is unraveling. I mean, it was only a moment. Like, it was only, what's that saying called? It was only a matter of time. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. About to happen. Matter of Yeah, time. it was only a matter of time that everything was going to come out. So I was anticipating it. I've got to say, I think I'm impressed that it lasted as long as it did. Because like she said earlier, I don't think she's a great liar. I think there were a few parts where she could have covered her tracks a little better. But alas, here we are. Uh, There's a little bit more of some interesting production code stuff with... um, dancing around with the you know the no babies out of wedlock when yardley was like like that basically saying that that baby was a bastard or like being horrified that that was the possibility and they're like oh no 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 and and it's made out to be like that would be just so terrible but they never say it out loud you know yeah it took me a second to like catch on to that because i was like oh that's what they meant. Yeah, very 40s, very production code era scripting right there with you having to That's why I feel like with old movies you really have to pay attention because there's so many things maybe not said that you're supposed to piece together in your head because they can't say it out loud. So, I think that that is a pretty solid example of that. All right, should we should we move on and see how this concludes? let's do it. Jefferson's fiancee Mary Lee arrives unexpectedly dejected. Elizabeth retires to pack her things and leave the farm. Felix learns that Mary Lee has already married someone else and must break the engagement. He entices Alexander into the kitchen with the smell of cooking kidneys. He fabricates a story about a competing magazine's attempts to hire Elizabeth and Alexander decides to hire her back. Felix tells Jefferson that he is free to pursue Elizabeth. Elizabeth's packing is interrupted first by Alexander and then by Jefferson. After teasing her that he is a cad who woos married women, Jefferson reveals the truth. The couple kiss and plan to marry. What an ending. So, This girl gives up the truth. She basically kind of chooses her heart over the career here for a second. And also, I do think she's right. I think she's very tired of all the lying and mischief that goes on. But what a shocking heartbreaker, a great turning point in terms of storytelling. Jefferson has omitted some truths himself, and he's engaged. Were you guys shooketh when Mary, the nurse, came back? Yeah, I don't even no, think he, they knew said he was it. engaged. Didn't they say it? Like at the end? Wait, the sailor. Yes. Yeah, they. I think I thought they said it in the beginning. Oh no, no, towards the end. Oh yes, I, at the end for sure. Um, but I I don't even know if Jefferson knew he was engaged. I know I...
1: it seemed like he didn't want to get engaged, and the whole reason she sent him here was so that he would want to get engaged. Yeah, but she just took that. She just took that and ran with it. I wonder oh. who she found to marry. And say, oh, was it her, his buddy who she married?
0: Yeah, yeah the, the other buddy. guy, Sink.
1: See, at the beginning of the movie, I thought they were gonna do like a couples exchange here. I thought the annoying rich guy, the, the architect, oh. was gonna marry the nurse.
0: Ben, so you should write clearly... for Hallmark because that's exactly what would happen. Yeah, right. <laughs> ben, I mean, you literally, rom-coms. you literally made fun of me because I thought. The movie was going to be about the nurse and the sailor getting together and then i realized that he was going to fall in love with elizabeth yeah, and it's i was a like oh. yeah
1: clearly i mean clearly he was going to fall in love with her i don't know if you've never seen a movie or anything
0: oh my gosh ben,
1: within three seconds you should have known that was the plot of the movie
0: you know ben, it, it was a little bit of a confusing was beginning. <laughs> I, I don't I want to I, hear
1: what Morgan thought the movie was going to be about. I
0: don't think I realized that it was going to be about them until he was walking in the door and she was taking his coat and I was like, oh my gosh, she's going to fall for him. And then Ben was like, wow. yeah. Well, I do have a um
1: slight... well, I was trying to defend you, but she also knows that everyone who's ever watched the movie would know that.
0: No, I am going to defend Morgan, and I'm going to succeed. Oh so I'm going to say this: I think there's
1: that no, literally no way. Go ahead.
0: From a storytelling perspective, traditionally, I, I feel like to set yourself up for the most success, it makes the most sense to introduce your protagonist first. And I think that you don't necessarily have to do that. I really don't. In this case, I think it's a little confusing because we meet so many characters before Elizabeth, and I truly feel like Elizabeth is our protagonist, where we're really kind of following her situation here with losing her job, falling in love, and all that stuff. But we get this whole backstory first, which is a little bit of a odd structuring compared to a lot of stories so i think morgan is absolutely right that i think it can be very confusing and ben is shaking his head no when he really means to shake it yes <laughs> thank not. you emma thanks for backing Clearly, me up.
1: the nurse was not the leading lady of the movie she did not have leading lady thought, to her by any stretch of the imagination
0: i mean but she was like let's send him to a house like a good christmas so i was like Oh, she wants to do that. Like
1: I did, I will say I did think she was going to play a bigger role. I thought she was gonna to come to the house but fall in love with the architect, which like in a hall
0: like, like in a Hallmark movie. I feel like that's happened in
1: Oh, I guarantee, yeah. Has it anyone, happens in the family stone.
0: You know, it does they happen in the family sisters. stone. You're absolutely right. The Swister the Swister Switch, sister switch. Ben or Morgan, have you ever seen the Hallmark movie Matchmaker Santa?
1: I have not. Oh, you should watch it.
0: You should watch it. There is a little bit of a coupling switcheroo in that one. And I'd love to hear your hot takes on it. So I might have to.
1: Isabella one time told me that there was someone where the sisters swapped husbands. You know what I'm talking about?
0: I have no idea.
1: I kind of sworn, wow, I wonder who told me that.
0: Ben, I think I know what you're talking about. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I've I think heard that heard story of...
1: before. Well, well now I've got to go
0: around the grapevine and find out who this rumor is about. <laughs> By the way, everyone, if you heard like a cutting out sure. there, it's because I redacted the town's name to not um, cause a whole conundrum catastrophe amongst good idea.
1: if by any chance they happen to hear this you know who you are and that's objectively <laughs> a weird thing to do. and if you have a problem with that i, I don't know what to tell you it's weird see, doesn't see that not, sound weird to you
0: not for myself but in the family stone it was romantic <laughs> is that a movie I have it. you never yeah. seen the family stone Morgan? I'm uh, I'm uncultured when it comes to movies. Oh, Morgan! Oh my God! I'm tempted for us to come over tonight and watch The Family Stone all together. It's so good. What is so it about? Good.
1: It's about the Family this... Stone. We should watch The Family Stone tonight. Yeah, we should watch it tonight. Maybe we'll do
0: that. Um, but it, basically, it's about this guy who comes from this like hippy dippy family. They're super free spirited, like cool and all that stuff. And he gets well. He wants to get engaged to so this really uptight girl. And he introduces
1: her hey, to the fam. She tries her best.
0: My contrarian Aquarian Ben in her corner. Back to the story. Sorry, everyone. I hope that the continuity of this makes sense. I just had to cut out a whole ton of stuff. Um, but here we go. <laughs> so I think it's funny, again, with this, you know, looking at gender norms back in the day, how the ball is now in the nurse's court, and she gets to be the one to break his heart without him being the bad guy. So could you imagine if she didn't go behind this guy's back, even though I don't really know if it counts as going behind his back and marrying Sinky, his his first mate? Could you imagine if she showed up wanting to marry him and he was just like, no, I pulled the old Magoo on her? Well, he he failed the Magoo. You know, he did fail the Magoo. He did, but he if loved he to see it.
1: <laughs> I love to see <laughs> it hey, that do was, myself. Wait. That guy's name was Sinky.
0: Sinkowitz, Sinky.
1: That's the worst name I've ever heard.
0: It, Sinky was getting like the better meals. Because,
1: is that like a joke? Because they're on a s- boat. Ship shank. they're sh- <laughs> Their they're, <sip>, they're, sh- <laughs> they're ship shank in the beginning. <laughs> Oh My god
0: Emma, you have to keep the <laughs> ship shank in. You have to keep the I ship shank.
1: On live television or whatever this is? <laughs> ship, ship shank. Because the ship you mean the ship shank. sink. Sank. That's how you say it. The ship sink. Ship sink. Yes. Yeah. That's a tongue twister for sure. The ship sank. You're really but, changing your S's sounds you make there.
0: It is a little bit of a, a mouth like exercise. Like in the sense. Yeah. 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 I think
1: that's by definition what a tongue twister is when you have to, when it's the same letter, but the letter expresses itself in a different way.
0: That's yeah. We're it, going from shh to yeah. s. <laughs> yeah. It does tick me off, though, that we don't see this guy take any accountability for him leading this girl on. Kind of, you know? Well, no, he didn't lead her on. I'm not going to say kind of.
1: You what? I would say she's the problem. You can't just marry a guy because you got him food. You can't just buy a man with food. Just like you can't buy a woman with a house in Connecticut.
0: Well, <laughs> clearly not. You're right. But yeah, she was being charmed by him. She was. He let her win tic-tac-toe, you know?
1: He was she playing her. Realized.
0: He was playing her. Yeah.
1: So you guys have no problem with our female character playing the architect. But now we have an issue because it's a man doing the playing. Elizabeth
0: was not playing this is what the we architect. Call a double
1: standard. No, it's
0: not. Was I, a I bit. pointed out the double stand. No, she wasn't. She knew she wasn't into him. I think she was pretty open about she it. She explicitly said that she didn't like him. Yeah, it was a very, very open agreement to everything. And then, you know, like, I, I'll, yeah. I'll give you this. She was being a little dishonest with putting the wedding off. I think that that was a little, mm-hmm. you know, like, not living up to her contractual obligations. Yet at the same time, I get it. That's true. She didn't keep up her, her part of the deal, but justifiably. Some
1: people in this world, men and women, are just simp's. And this woman, this nurse, clearly was ben. a female simp, and she was okay. With She's not a simp. That man is so good
0: looking. <laughs> She's not a simp because simp's are for not so good looking people. I'm going oh, really, be simp too. I'm going to call a timeout here and ask one of you to define what a simp is for for the people that might not know.
1: Like A guy who tries to do a lot of uh, a lot of nice stuff for a, for a woman and expects in exchange that she will like him and provide love and sex.
0: Does it go the it's, other way, yes. like Morgan said, or no, like you said that uh, like she yeah. was simping for him?
1: Definitely. She was willing to exchange food for a little bit of flirting in the hope that he'll will eventually like her and marry her. It's classic, anyone can be they?
0: a simp for anyone. Got it. Yeah. but I mean,
1: typically it is men because.
0: Yeah, typically men, men simp for women and they just get walked all over.
1: Mm-hmm. Morgan loves simps. That is a fact.
0: That is incorrect. I think that that was a good good explanation. It's
1: specifically being a simp when it's someone who clearly doesn't like you, and you think they can you can like somehow convince them to like you. You can't trick somebody into liking you. It's kind of the whole thesis of the movie. They either <laughs> like you or they don't. I feel I
0: like you. I think you can develop a like. Yeah, I see a lot of Magoo in my love life everyone needs to just really? cut out the magoo no i'm no on receiving it. end <laughs> the bad end of the magoo <laughs> no one wants magoo no one look, look like look what it got jefferson and this nurse i don't know you know
1: nowhere far no, they both ended up happily married it would seem not because of the magoo the only guy well, you know if this movie was made now they would have made they would have created a a female character for the architect but he did suck though so i get why they did it he was pretty terrible for the what i would argue unlovable the architect <sighs> well <laughs> no one's
0: unlovable i feel for him he's just not my kind of guy know. you know
1: well he's yeah. no one's kind of guy and that's that's the problem
0: oh John he's just a loser Well, you know, who else is kind of a difficult character is uh, Yardley and Uncle Felix really knows people. The way to a man's heart and head is through his stomach. Felix turns this whole thing around. What a guy, what a guy making up that terrific lie about the competitor wanting Elizabeth. And I just thought that that was super, super clever and the food, him, him just making food and, and like this guy could probably go to a restaurant, you know, down the street and get dinner or whatever. But Felix's food is just that powerful. I'll say it. And I'll say it again. Everyone needs a Felix in their life. They do. I need to start asking myself, what would uncle Felix do, especially around the holidays? You know, it can be a little tough time for some people. Just be an uncle Felix. Be yeah. loving, kind, be in the corner of your family and friends and loved ones. Absolutely. That's the you way guys to think go. She,
1: he was actually her uncle? I thought the uncle thing was a lie.
0: No, I think he was her uncle. Lishka. He called her Lishka. And I don't know, he had this Lishka. little nickname for her.
1: He but definitely was her no. You, wait, in the beginning, does it say that she bought him the restaurant?
0: I think she might have, yeah.
1: Oh, I wonder where she got that money. From her job. No, because, oh, okay, you're right, actually. Because I guess he would have known how to cook before he had the restaurant. And then he would have been giving her the recipes.
0: Wouldn't that that be nice if it works like that? Like, just get a restaurant, then you can become a good (laughs) guy. Why didn't he give her cooking lessons before you know, I think that she is just like not a domesticated woman. I think she is just, I think she's like, you know, Carrie Bradshaw. She's just a woman on the town right in at her typewriter. Yeah.
1: It's very sex in the city. Honestly, this is like a precursor. <laughs> I not really have any friends though. So that's kind of cringe, but.
0: I bet she had friends. I bet Elizabeth Lane had friends. Oh, she totally was so yeah. popular. I could see her with her gal pals, probably three others, sipping martinis at Uncle Felix's restaurant, talking about how she doesn't want to marry John.
1: Her and her married boss kind of had chemistry.
0: You know, I think that's <laughs> another man I didn't like in the movie.
1: Uh, Why? I, he was great.
0: You he, liked him? He just
1: wanted to provide for his family.
0: I get that. I really do. I feel like he was also kind of self-centered in this whole tobacco. Mm-hmm. He wasn't coming up with a whole lot of solutions to help his gal pal out of some trouble. I'll say that.
1: He was like, you got to do it he for the both of us. To provide. He was just trying to provide for his family. He was a good, hard-working family man.
0: Was he? Because it seemed like he was making Elizabeth do all the heavy lifting here.
1: Yeah. she doesn't. She has nothing going on. She can figure it out.
0: His job's on the line. Don't you think he could, like, let her borrow one of his kiddos for this extravaganza? Don't you think he could pretend to be the husband or something? I don't know.
1: I will say that is, well, he knows him. That would not have worked. That's a terrible suggestion.
0: (laughs) Okay, I forgot that she had already talked to him at this point. Anyway.
1: I did think they were going to use one of his kids, but it's not what they did. But you're right. He could have stepped up the plate a little bit more.
0: Yeah, I think he could have. I certainly do.
1: I mean he gave suggestions of pretending that the kid was sick or something. He he had some ideas.
0: They're <laughs> in a partnership. They should equally Yeah, it's a symbiotic relationship. Up. They're both going down with that ship. He should have done more to save the ship before it sank. But alas, Elizabeth's tired. I don't blame her. I really like her quote at the end of that she's tired of being pushed around. And she wants it to all be her choice. I'm just like, Yes, yes, queen, you go for it, you stand up for yourself. She rejects the job. She's like, I'm gonna go work for somewhere better. And I'm over these people, and I'm gonna marry whoever I want. And I like that part. That feels very feminist, very progressive. I was definitely proud of her and waiting for that. Yeah, I'm glad I'm glad no. that she came to that.
1: This movie is very clever because. If you were watching it at the time and you were a, a woman who kept home, you'd be like, "Wow, look at this dumb city woman! She can't even flip a pancake." I am right. The movie's trying to tell me that women should stay at home and that I'm on the right life path. But I think if you were a working woman, you'd look at you'd look at this plot and be like, "Wow, being a domesticated woman is so dumb and cringe. Why would I do that? Being a city woman's awesome, and I got the cute sailor guy. You know." <laughs> everything's up for me. I could be domesticated if I wanted to, but I don't want to. So I'm going to keep living me. So it works on, on both levels.
0: It's a, it is like one of those pictures where you can kind of interpret it a couple different ways. Mm,
1: mm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 Uh, and all's well that ends well, we learned that this woman does not have to be domesticated on a farm with Makushla the cow and a a baby that's switching hair color and all that. (laughs) We learned that she is going to marry her man, the sailor, and she is going to live happily ever after, continuing to just pretend to be a housewife. So I think that this ends on a very nice note. Like, you know, Uh, they're going to get married even though she can't cook. Now, here's the real question for you guys. Do we think that this marriage will last between Jefferson Jones and Elizabeth Lane? Do they have an option? Like of getting divorced or not? Yeah. Ah, you could always get divorced. I mean, was it like taboo at the time? I think like, there's always, even today, a little taboo of divorce. It happened. It definitely happened. I think it had a stigma to it for sure.
1: Naturally, the men were okay, but the women—it wasn't. It was frowned upon for women to get divorced. They were called old maids.
0: Yes, I'm sure there's some sexism there that goes in with that. Maybe, <laughs> definitely I, not. Maybe I think they'll last.
1: But I, I think they will too. He he's better at like the taking care of kids the more traditionally female role. It's a very progressive movie. She she's good at making the money. He's good at doing the household, household chores, keeping house, it would seem. Playing well, the piano, singing. Um,
0: you know, I think you're I think you're onto something. Maybe they will balance each other out. My my only thing that made me worry was he does seem to value food quite a bit. But I think if they could get a house and, or a nice condo or something and uncle felix can live with them and cook for them on a consistent basis i think that's the move right there
1: yeah and you can just go to his restaurant seems it's a buffet so you can get food whenever you want and maybe You're always then they some could... bologna
0: and then maybe they could buy a farm in connecticut eventually for the two of them mm. and then have babies and then oh yeah so cute yeah, I think that you're right. I think that this is a very um, you know, non-traditional gender-ruled couple. And they are going to live out their happily ever after. And they are going to have their Christmas anniversary. I guess technically they would have gotten married on Boxing Day, December 26th. So <laughs> I guess they'll have their Christmas anniversary every year going forward. And it will be a happily ever after. Well,
1: yeah, there's actually, they have challenge male gender roles a little bit when he's in the kitchen with the guy. And he's asking if he's happy with, uh, if she's happy with her husband, the architect. And he's like, well. He, has, he provides for her. He's like, wow, that's what a husband should do. Mm. Challenging gender roles all over the place. Well, he's like, I, I don't make as much money as this architect. Am I worthy to, to win the woman? I well, love like, to see realize, it. That guy was cringe.
0: <laughs> I love to see it. I love the challenge of the norm and regular expectations and all of that good stuff. Isn't that what the holidays are all about? What a fun Christmas movie. I am so excited that you guys were able to watch this one along with me. Hopefully you guys will get a chance to watch it. I don't think it's streaming anywhere for free right now, but I think it's $3 on Amazon Prime. Um, But Christmas in Connecticut, 1945, it is such a fun one. Overall thoughts, Ben and Morgan, do you like this one? Would you watch it again over the holiday season? I would absolutely watch it again. I'd watch it tomorrow. That's Love how much it. I liked it. Love it. Love it. Ben, is this one going to be added to your well, holiday playlist?
1: Probably not. It's a little, it's a little by the numbers. And, you know, it's not its fault. It probably created the numbers. So it's not really to blame, but you know, I saw it. I saw a lot of the movie come in, and I don't think I think I'd like it even less on a on a rewatch.
0: You know, oh, I think it's cute. I have to say, I actually I think I've watched I I I think I've liked it the more and more I've watched it even. I think that you're absolutely right. It paved the way for all of these cheesy screwball rom-coms to come in the years after. Um and I just I, I think it's sweet. I think it's not too long. I think it's fun. I think it's a great one for the holidays if you like old movies and you haven't seen this one definitely worth checking out. Uh, Again, thank you, Ben and Morgan, so much for joining us here today on the Old Soul Movie Podcast. It is always a pleasure to banter around with you two, or is that? I don't know. Anyway. If you want to tell us what you think of Christmas in Connecticut or shout out what your favorite holiday movies are, you can find us on Twitter at Old Soul Movie Pod, Facebook, The Old Soul Movie Podcast, or Instagram, Old Soul Movie Podcast. And remember, please, please, please feel free to donate the gift of planting one tree to help our world become a more sustainable place. Thank you all again for tuning in with us and happy holidays.